0: Chapter Thirteen of Ben the Luggage Boy, or Among the Wharves. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista. Ben the Luggage Boy, or Among the Wharves, by Horatio Alger Jr. Chapter Thirteen: The First Cigar. It was a week or more, after Ben started in business as a baggage-smasher, that, in returning from carrying a carpet-bag to Lovejoy's hotel on Broadway, he fell in with his first city acquaintance, Jerry Collins. Jerry had just polished up a gentleman's boots, and having been unusually lucky this morning in securing shines, felt disposed to be lavish. "'How are you, Ben?' asked Jerry. "'What are you up to now?' "'I'm a baggage-smasher,' answered Ben, who was beginning to adopt the language of the streets. "'How does it pay?' "'Well,' said Ben, "'sometimes it pays first-rate when I'm lucky. "'Other days I don't get much to do. "'I didn't make but fifteen cents this morning. "'I carried a bag up to Lovejoy's, and that's all the man would pay me. "'I've made fifty cents this morning. "'Look here, Johnny.' the johnny addressed was a boy who sold cigars four for ten cents i'll take two said jerry producing five cents six cents for two said the cigar boy all right i'll owe you the other cent said jerry coolly do you smoke inquired ben of course i do don't you no why don't you i don't know said ben do you like it "'It's Bully. Here, take this cigar. I bought it for you.' Ben hesitated, but finally, induced mainly by a curiosity to see how it seemed, accepted the cigar, and lighted it by Jerry's. The two boys sat down on an empty box, and Jerry instructed Ben how to puff. Ben did not particularly enjoy it, but thought he might as well learn now as any other time his companion puffed away like a veteran smoker. But after a while, Ben's head began to swim, and he felt sick at his stomach. "'I don't feel well,' he said. "'I guess I'll stop smoking.' "'Oh, go ahead,' said Jerry. "'It's only because it's the first time. You'll like it after a while.' Thus encouraged, Ben continued to smoke, though his head and his stomach got continually worse. "'I don't like it.' gasped Ben, throwing down the cigar. "'I'm going to stop.' "'You've got a healthy color," said Jerry slyly. "'I'm afraid I'm going to be awful sick,' said Ben, whose sensations were very far from comfortable. Just at this moment, ignorant of the brief character of his present feelings, he heartily wished himself at home for the first time since his arrival in the city. "'You do look rather green,' said Jerry. Maybe you're going to have the cholera. I've heard that there's some cases round. This suggestion alarmed Ben, who laid his head down between his knees and began to feel worse than ever. Don't be scared, said Jerry, thinking it time to relieve Ben's mind. It's only the cigar. You'll feel all right in a jiffy. While Ben was experiencing the disagreeable effects of his first cigar, he resolved never to smoke another. But, as might have been expected, he felt differently on recovering. It was not long before he could puff away with as much enjoyment and unconcern as any of his street companions, and a part of his earnings were consumed in this way. It may be remarked here that the street boy does not always indulge in the luxury of a whole cigar. Sometimes he picks up a fragment which has been discarded by the original smoker. There are some small dealers who make it a business to collect these stubs, or employ others to do so, and then sell them to the street boys at a penny apiece or less according to size. Sometimes these stubs are bought in preference to a cheap cigar, because they are apt to be of a superior quality. Ben, however, never smoked stubs. In course of time he became very much like other street boys but in some respects his taste was more fastidious, and he preferred to indulge himself in a cheap cigar which was not second-hand. We must now pass rapidly over the six years which elapsed from the date of Ben's first being set adrift in the streets to the period at which our story properly begins. These years have been fruitful of change to our young adventurer. They have changed him from a country boy of ten to a self-reliant and independent street boy of sixteen the impressions left by his early and careful home training have been mostly effaced nothing in his garb now distinguishes him from the class of which he is a type he has long since ceased to care for neat or whole attire or carefully brushed hair his straggling locks usually long protrude from an aperture in his hat his shoes would make a very poor advertisement for the shoemaker by whom they were originally manufactured his face is not always free from stains and his street companions have long since ceased to charge him with putting on airs on account of the superior neatness of his personal appearance indeed he has become rather a favourite among them in consequence of his frankness and his willingness at all times to lend a helping hand to a comrade Temporarily hard up. He has adopted to a great extent the tastes and habits of the class to which he belongs, and bears with acquired philosophy the hardships and privations which fall to their lot. Like Ragged Dick, he has a sense of humor, which is apt to reveal itself in grotesque phrases or amusing exaggerations. Of course, his education, so far as education is obtained from books, has not advanced at all. He has not forgotten how to read, having occasion to read the daily papers. Occasionally, too, he indulges himself in a dime-novel, the more sensational the better, and is sometimes induced to read therefrom to a group of companions whose attainments are even less than his own. It may be asked whether he ever thinks of his Pennsylvania home, of his parents and his sister. At first he thought of them frequently, but by degrees he became so accustomed to the freedom and independence of his street life with its constant variety that he would have been unwilling to return even if the original cause of his leaving home were removed life in a pennsylvania village seemed slow compared with the excitement of his present life in the winter when the weather was inclement and the lodging accommodations afforded by the street were not particularly satisfactory Ben found it convenient to avail himself of the cheap lodgings furnished by the newsboy's lodging house. But at other times, particularly in the warm summer nights, he saved his six cents and found a lodging for himself among the wharves or in some lane or alley. Of the future he did not think much. Like street boys in general, his horizon was limited by the present. Sometimes, indeed, it did occur to him that he could not be a luggage-boy all his lifetime. Some time or other he must take up something else. However, Ben carelessly concluded that he could make a living somehow or other. And as to old age, that was too far ahead to disquiet himself about. End of chapter 13 Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista